Hello and welcome to Grant Thornton Financial Services latest regulatory update. Well, podcast. I was about to say webinar because Gavin Stewart and I have been performing this exercise as a webinar for as long as coronavirus has been a thing. Um, as uh, previous listeners will know, we we uh, indicated we were going to be moving to a podcast format. And Gavin, say hello. Hi, here we are. This is the first podcast and we are together again. Um, uh, never to be parted, actually. Um, in real life. In real life. In real life. In Grant Thorne's offices here in central London. Um, for those that haven't joined before, uh, Gavin uh, and I both work in uh, Grant Thorne's regulatory advice practice. Uh, my name is David Moy, by the way. Um, and each month we get together to chat through the developments in the regulatory environment over the previous month, very much driven by what the regulators PRA, Bank of England Financial Conduct Authority have been up to. Um, the timing of this podcast is just after the Financial Conduct Authority issued their annual business plan. Um, it landed in our terms yesterday. Um, uh, I know the podcast will probably take a, a few days before it gets on the site, but uh, this is in the intention for today's um, session is to give our initial reactions to the business plan, the first business plan under Nicole Rati's leadership. Um, obviously, that's that shows through in a number of ways. For instance, the page orientation has changed on uh, on the last plan. So, um, so you, you know you've got a new CEO when you see that kind of thing happening. Um, Gavin, I know you've been asked by a few people now, including something in the media. Your head, your headline reaction to 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 this to this plan in terms of the vision it's setting out for the Financial Conduct Authority. So. There's a lot of um, uh, ambitious language in there. Um, the key thing I always look for is, you know, actually how is it going to be paid for and resourced? Uh, and the um, the budget has gone up four percent, which on some levels is is you know quite yeah. generous. Um, but you've got an organisation is probably um, seventy percent staff costs. Um, so there's wage inflation in there. Um, they're talking about a, a three-year, 120 million pound data strategy, uh, lots of other new things. Um, and so on the face of it, they're going to have to be doing a lot of things, a bit less of quite a lot of stuff, um, but it's not clear what that is. Um, and I think the other thing, which I, I know we're going to talk about later is, and I think Nikhil Rati repeated this at least three times in his speech about testing the FCA's powers to its limits um, and yes. a willingness to take greater legal risk. And obviously that that is a um, uh, that carries some risk of its own. Yeah, some risk, it. yeah, yeah, and, co and costs potentially. Not just legal uh, risk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. The um, um, there are a few elements which which will cost cost real money. Um, I mean, you mentioned the um, the 120 million data transformation. Um, it's 40 million a year. Uh, so 120 million over three years. Yes, yeah. so let's call it 40 million a year out of a budget of 600 million or so, mm -hmm. um, which, as you say, has only increased slightly. So um, yeah. the business plan doesn't say what's yeah. going to be scaled. And you've got other other increased costs. So the PRA budget also went up four percent, which gives you some kind of idea. And they cited inflation. Um, post Brexit because you have more direct supervision of firms because you can't rely on EU supervisors, um, operational resilience, cyber uh, and so on. So there's, you know, so there are concrete things that will cost more money anyway. And yeah. then on top of that, 
um, the FCA wants to do a whole load of different stuff. Um, let's let's we'll just talk a little bit maybe about about the the the, the structure of the business plan. Uh, only in the sense to, to to sort of draw a line between what business plans have mm-hmm. certainly under the previous um, leadership yep. uh, included and, and what this one how this one differs because. You're right. There's some very, very big messages and and very interesting uh, pointers to the to the direction of the Financial Conduct Authority in it. But but what's not in it? Well, it's a shorter document than previously, and 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 what's not in it compared to previous plans are, for instance, uh, you know, sort of a, a detailed review of what they've done in the last year. I mean, there's, there's references clearly, but yeah, but but and you'd expect more of that in the annual report, obviously, which was published the same day. Yes, um, but, yes, but yes, the, the follow on there's, there's clearly some kind of clean break. Yes, that they're that they'd like to indicate. And so, so we don't get a sense it's, as we have in some business plans of, of the past of a sort of a, here's the review of last year. Here's how we spent your money type of sort, sort of sense. Um, uh, we also don't get when you when you get down into sort of the sector focus pages yep. of the plan, um, you don't you won't get what you would have seen in the past, potentially, which was yeah, essentially a, a, an agenda of thematic reviews, supervisory exercises, consultation papers that can be expected. Yep. So that so that sort of quite granular um, uh, setting out of of uh, activities isn't really present. We've got high level themes and objectives yes. that they're hoping to achieve in those sectors. Um, so so I think there's a few things going on. So so one is one is the pandemic, frankly, uh, uh, you know, and I think we should we should give the FCA, you know, a, 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 a bit of a pass on that account, um, because clearly they've been preoccupied with all of that stuff that we'd expect them to be doing. And so it won't have been um, as thorough a planning process as um, as it would be normally. And I think, you know, the FCA board members from a few months ago talked about this one being a sort of transitional plan. And, uh, you know, I think they're trying to do a much more, um, you know, baseline build activities up what are we actually going to do for next year yeah um but having said all that i I think there is a um you know a sort of stepping away from the detailed commitments um that you might have seen in previous years i mean i remember working on this back in the early 2000s and there was quite a lot of emphasis on accountability for how the fees we were raising from regulated firms were being spent mm. and almost a kind of a line for line attempt to justify in the annual report that you'd done what you'd said you'd do, you you would were going to do in the business plan and that kind of accountability and transparency stuff seems quite weak mm-hmm. i think yes i think if, yes. if you're always looking forward and writing next year's annual report i think i'd struggle to say well actually what did we really commit to in the business plan yes uh, yes uh, and, and, and and to to that I, I don't think we'll spend much time in this podcast talking about the sort of sector specific sections because yeah uh, if you look at the wholesale markets one you'll see you'll see you know the objective being restated that they, they, they'll, they'll you know undertake activity to prevent market abuse yeah. Reduce financial crime in, in respect of you know wholesale firms. I, I mean, and there are with, yeah. But, I mean, there are things detail. There are things we know about. So we do now have generally the regulatory initiatives grid. This so is also true. We've this got our kind of red yeah. handbook. Yeah. We talk about all that. So you've got a regulatory initiative mm-hmm. grid, which does have layout, you know, various things with a timetable, initiatives, um, new bits of yeah. regulation that are coming in, and so on. 
so so there is that and you know there are things like LIBOR and so on that we yeah. know are coming down yeah. the line Basel three and etc uh, etc et but, but I think that you know like you say that kind of you know we will do a piece of thematic work on this aspect yeah. of potential mis-selling in whatever sector that's not exactly you know, by and large that's not there no and then the regulatory initiative grid I'm sure most of our listeners have reference that is is incredibly useful and is a, is a big step forward yeah like and that. that's a real plus i think there's, and there's no reason to, to replicate that in, in the business plan but you're right there were, historically we would also seen sort of the non-big ticket supervisory themes activities yeah. that were going to be pursued and, yeah um, and there used to be spreadsheets that scheduled those mm. um and and there used to be quite a lot of negotiation over you know what was in those and which quarter they were they were done um because you know in an attempt not to overburden particular firms or particular sectors yeah um but you know with a view to all that then going into the business plan interesting uh yes well i mean it's not to say that that thinking isn't still no uh, there is just no longer being spelled out in quite the way it was so that, but that means as i said that's that's kind of so what's not in the business plan Let's focus on what is in the in the business plan. The really really interesting parts are, are I think, the, the high level messaging, the direction of travel, um, statements of intent, whatever we want to spin it, um, that, um, that that it sets out. And there's a few to pick through. Um, testing limits has got to be the one we, we start yes. with, though, isn't it? The, the, because if anyone has looked at the business plan, you know the, the FCA has set out quite clearly that they, in order to get things done, in order to deal with harm that they perceive is happening. They wish to test the limits of their powers, the, the regulatory perimeter um, to, uh, to to deal with those harms. Um, to, and, and we talked about this, I think, in a previous uh, webinar, but the um, it, we have seen in the FCA board minutes relatively recently yes. this, this expression that the organisation should be willing to take on more legal risks, mm -hmm. which is consistent with testing limits um so uh that was interesting to see in the document i know the in nickel Rati's speech in announcing the um the uh uh the business plan i think it was referenced multiple times yes. he used that he used that phrase so this is clearly a significant change they're trying to signal yes uh, and i think it would be fascinating to see how far it goes um so, so the the sea change in the FCAs, the FSA's enforcement took place, you know, back in two thousand five six with the legal and general case, which it partially lost. Mostly it won it, but it partially lost, um, and that triggered um, uh, the Strachan review, which put in place lots of checks and balances and transparency around how enforcement would happen in the future. Um, and that, by and large, has um, uh, you know kept the FSA and then the FCA on the right side of subsequent judgments. Um, there's an, undoubtedly, you know, there are questions over: Do you take the most important cases? Do you take the most egregious cases? Um, because there might be a greater risk of losing because you don't have all the all the things that would make it a, a slam dunk. Um, but but by and large, that's you know th there is that. Um, in parallel, there's been a, a greater willingness um, to take more individual cases. Yes. Um, and and obviously they tend to be more litigious because people are fighting for their mm. careers, and so they 
they tend not to settle um, and certainly not settle early. Uh, and and then in 2017, the FCA, Mark Stewart, said he was going to open more cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they now have a very, proper, I think clogged is probably not too no. strong term, sort of clogged oh, pipeline of, of enforcement cases. So if you talk about taking more legal risk, I, I think that must mean things are more likely to be contested. You run a decent chance of having longer and more expensive cases. And obviously, if you start losing a few of them, yes, it's really it's much easier to say we have an appetite for, you know, we're not going to win them all when it actually happens in practice. Unless something has changed dramatically since I was there, it's a really big deal internally. Well, well, I mean, I'll, and, and Nicolati in his introduction to the business plan references this in literally the opening paragraph. I think that, you know, within a, a day or two of him walking into the building, the business interruption court case was launched. Mm-hmm. So, so that one that was clearly, that was clearly. I think uh, it was, an, would have been a judgment actually, wouldn't it? Because he yeah. arrived last October. Uh, it may have launched it. Uh, sorry, you know you are you, yeah. you are. Uh, uh, oh no, sure, I'll, I'll check. Sorry, well we're gonna have a disagreement here. We'll check. Back, <laughs> we'll check back to the to, 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 to the to the phrasing. Um, but 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 he anyway. In any event, he was name checking the business. Yeah, yeah. Case, which is clearly uh, clearly a, a case or an example of testing the limits of uh, of of the law and uh, in this area and winning. Yeah. Uh, winning big. Although um, interestingly, they they put it in the context of we just want to clarify what the position is. Yes. Um, but then, obviously, once you're in court, you're arguing one side than the other, yeah, and it would be yeah, interesting yeah. to see what the headlines would have been if the FCA had had lost that. Mm-hmm. Um, as it is, they won it, and I think you know we're all in a you know we're all in a clearer position about what the law says. But we, we've been in a it, 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 I, I, so at one at one level, I heartily support what the FCA is doing because. Um, yeah, we'll get things done in a way probably that, that hasn't happened in the past. Um, it, it will. Um, um, I think there are genuinely points that would benefit from being, <laughs> you know, pushed and clarified to everyone's to the benefit of everyone's everyone's understanding. Um, I mean, the, the the the. But however, um, I think it does change the dial for regulated firms. Like you you mentioned for so individual enforcement cases tend to get get four every step of the way regardless because it's you know mm-hmm. some persons will be losing their livelihood but for firms most regulated firms it's you know you you're a long you're a long way in your own mind usually from feeling you should you know open a court case against the, the regulator yeah, <laughs> to challenge their decision no you, you uh, settle early and take 20 percent discount exactly however if you've got the regulator saying no we are pushing the limits we are testing the boundaries then does that not move that dial a bit does it not let's say to regulated firms well actually uh, i mean the, the regulator draws this power from statute there are sensible legal questions that need to be determined here i, I think you're right i think i think some in some cases they, they, they well in some scenarios they will get into some quite interesting and long-running and expensive cases if if, if regulated firms push back um and if they lose those cases what that does to the strategy we'll, we'll see Did, Slight, slight tangent, but but an interesting one. I don't think it's been heavily reported, but last week um, the upper tribunal handed a decision down in the case of Stuart Forsyth. So this right. is a personal enforcement case. Uh, Stuart Forsyth had been banned. I remember seeing the notice 
2018, I think it was, uh, mid. Uh, it was a small small insurer. He was, the, the facts were he, he was accused of um, diverting some of his salary to his wife, uh, yeah, who was also working for the organisation, paying her more than her work was worth um, in order to reduce his own tax bill. Uh, also accused of, of fabricating documents that suggested the board had approved all of this. So you know, it was a serious case. It yes. was, it was on, the on the facts, a slam dunk. The upper tribunal last week found the PRA and FCA, so he was banned and fined by both PRA and FCA because it's an insurance, insurance company. Uh, the upper tribunal found on the facts there was not insufficient and, and you know strongly worded insufficient evidence to support findings of fact on any of those points and that he was should be completely exonerated. Um, I know the PRA has already apologised. I FCA yeah, presumably will have to issue a statement at some point, but I just, I just, I mean, it, it's a small, it's a small individual case. However, you're you're, you're mentioning, you know, losing cases uh, brought, brought brought that to mind, given it's just like yeah, and, and there's how many of those could they? There's clearly reputational damage yeah. over something like that yeah. for for a regulator, um, and so. You know, that's why the checks and balances are in place internally, which slows down cases. But but hopefully, you know, you'd like to think eliminates the chances of, of something like that happening, but but clearly not quite even now. So we'll see. But but I think there is a real challenge for the FCA to kind of, you know, be more efficient in how it 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 prosecutes the enforcement cases that are worth prosecuting, um, but but actually getting it right or yeah. all the time or nearly all the time yeah it's difficult well and, and one of the, and one of the tweaks that's mentioned in the business plan although we haven't got details it appears, to, it appears to suggest that the fca executive will have more authority to make decisions you know relating to enforcement and bans and and, and other other measures moving the balance basically away from the board or I should say the, 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 RDC, RDC, yeah. the regulated decisions committee which is a subcommittee of the board moving that balance so we, we have we haven't got details I don't think we've got details anyway of exactly what that means but the implication is decisions will be easier to make but I mean make. The, the, there's a there's a transparency and accountability mm. issue around all of this um because you've got a regulator who has significant powers um attack you know can take cases on the basis that can raise you know fees taxes from regulated firms and so on so it, there's clearly a, a, a high um hurdle of responsibility it has to satisfy in terms mm. of all of this stuff yeah. um and and we'll see i mean it'd be quite interesting to see how the whole accountability debate runs through you know the government's future regulatory framework yeah. uh proposals and so on but you know accountability and transparency is clearly going to become a bigger issue over the next couple of years yes Yes, you're right. Time with the wider strategy. So, yeah, who, who, to whom is the FCA going to be accountable, and to what what degree? Um, time will tell. Um, another big theme, uh, actually related in some ways to the sort of testing the limits discussion we've just had, but it, but is this, this concept that the data will be used to make the regulator much more rapid and responsive. Uh, as you said, 120 million being yeah. went over three years to they transform data. Yep. Well, actually, well, transform the FCA generally. Actually, I said, but the 40 million of that I think is is uh, yep. data, several tens of millions at least. Um, 
so I'm not sure how much we could. So, so it's clearly in the plan. It's been it's been tra trailed somewhat in in other speeches as well. I'm not sure how much we can say by way of detail because it's just a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a thing that's going to happen. Apparently, I think. Yeah, and and I think I think it's inevitable, and I think it's a really positive move for the FCA to become more data focused, data led. Interestingly, Nick Irati said in his speech that they were not as much a data regulator as a financial regulator, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, I think that's, I think that's a really interesting statement, and we'll have to see how that pans out. The the only other thing I'd say is that I think that the assumption that having more data will enable the FCA to make clearer decisions and to intervene earlier, I, I think needs a bit of a caveat. So my experience of having more data is that it becomes harder to sift through and work out exactly what you yeah. rely on. Yeah. Um, and and also it doesn't necessarily make it easier to intervene earlier because you're always waiting for something else um and uh you're going to you're also going to um see more things you will have more leads you'll uncover more stuff but some of it will be red herrings and you have more of a kind of um decision to make about what you follow and what you don't yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't solve all the problems. It's no. It's no panacea. No. Um, and I think business plan sort of. I think tempers the messaging. I mean, I don't think it implies that we're going to see a difference Im immediately. I think no. it, it is. It is. It is a long-term game, and it, and it kind of has to happen because yes. that's just the way the world is, is moving. But actually doing it successfully. Yeah. And I think putting all this data on the you know, in the cloud, having a data lake that in theory yeah. you can, yeah. you know, search and sift and assess stuff um, has, you know, that bit's always been a problem where you have systems that don't talk to each other. Yes. So cross-referencing data in different systems has always been a nightmare. Um, yeah. I mean, and then, and then and the, the, this will include, you know, technology to, you know, to scrape data from websites, yeah. read unstructured text email. Which is what you'd expect the modern regulator to be able yeah. to do. So yeah. I think that's all really positive, but I don't think it's necessarily an easy road. No, no. So, but 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 he, I, I suppose I sign off on the data side by saying it, 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 it's the hanging their hat on it in a major major way. So to to to, to say it's a program that yeah. has to be taken seriously, and also from their point of view, has to show some kind of results. Is yeah. a, is is a is a safe statement to make I think yes um so we won't be the last time we're talking about it in other words um so uh other sort of high level ch changes I'd say I'd sense I mean they, they kind of pick out um raising the bar in authorizations I, I, yes the way I describe it but but yeah make making it harder for firms to become authorized or in, you know, at least ensuring that they are appropriate before they do so, and and focusing energies on them, you know, in that, yep. in that period just after the authorization, I guess to confirm. Yeah. That so there was a commitment to hire a hundred extra people, which again we can put in our kind of you know, yeah, um, where we spend money column. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's not a lot in the what are we spending no, less there's, on. There's there's nothing. There's nothing in. The, um, <laughs> so so there's that. Authorization. I mean, I've always been a fan of authorizations, um, and I think the regulators have used it more over the years. But there's always been even a certain amount of resistance, but 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 certainly difficulty in um, tracking what happens to newly authorized firms, mm -hmm. whether they get into trouble or not, which would allow um, 
an understanding of the weaknesses of business models yeah. that you could then cycle back in a feedback loop and look at for authorizations cases. Yeah. So the the question is how you know um, how easy is it to say no? Um, how much information do you really have about what works and what doesn't work? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't get the impression that authorizations, um, you know, has been willingly let letting bad guys in no. the last few years. No. And spot and spotting bad guys isn't always easy. Um, what what I would say is I think more resource will probably help because it is probably the area that has borne the greatest share of quote unquote efficiency yeah. um uh campaigns yeah in the uh, past yeah in the yeah. past so 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 actually get, you know seeing it as a growth area and so on is 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 not a bad thing so no yeah okay. and again time time will tell what it means in in, in practice i mean i i would like to think that 100 extra staff would um improve turnaround times as well i mean i think that yes. there's clearly a you know there's clearly there's a, a tension there isn't there there, there is and there's just there's a i don't know i'm quite comfortable with the the aspiration that it's a difficult hurdle to get through that it's a real test to become mm. authorized because uh, i think that you know <laughs> that, that's the kind of challenge that firms need to have in terms of uh, making sure they're really ready to do to, to do what they want to do um interestingly but, it doesn't necessarily help some of the innovation stuff no so if you have a if you have a new business model from a fintech or whatever you're going to need some time to understand that and the potential yeah. risk that it that it carries and how robust it really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and I think that complicates the job of authorizations quite a lot. It, it does. It does. Um, yeah, there isn't a one size fits all. That's that's for sure. But um, but certainly in terms of sort of you know, the UK being a, an attractive place to to do business, um, whether you look at that through a Brexit lens or not, um, the, you know the, the speed, the turnaround time in authorizations. Yeah. It would, would would be helpful. <laughs> I think if that was yes. as, as 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 rapid as as po safely possible. Um, another theme, um, I, but I guess I mean, this is, this plays back starts to play back into what we might expect by tra in, in transparency terms moving forward is is the 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 uh, idea that there's going to be very clear outcome measures that are mm -hmm. published. Um, you know, yeah reference to the impact evaluation program and I, and I think I think it's I think we're, I think we're going to see necessarily any sort of here it is all on a page type output until next April I think is the position. I think that's right um so so at this point we don't really know what what kind of things are going to be measured but, but some things that I think not mentioned in mentioned in this in the speech were well saying, saying no at authorization saying no yeah saying no authorizations uh i think it's pretty clear to me that i think uh, you know financial scheme financial services compensation scheme payouts is probably going to end up being yeah. an outcome measure so so if the if, if 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 low compensation scheme payouts are an outcome measure for the fca that kind of means yeah authorizations heavy supervision of retail um retail advice um prudential requirements in the sector i think that's i think that, that probably gets a mention in the business plan actually there's the new investment firm prudential rules but the idea that those will contribute towards a um uh you know firms that are able to bear the costs of redress yeah <laughs> should, should that come about yes. so um so i i guess uh, we, we 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 do await detail on exactly what the outcome measures are but yeah but i know to work back from those i know evolve i mean i i carry the scars of trying to 
introduce these two or three times over. And I think, you know, one of them is you need real persistence over time um, to to kind of get some kind of pattern. Um, it is also pretty sensitive to the macro economy. So in the economy is doing well, um, the, the regulator appears also to be doing well in broad terms. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and obviously if the economy isn't, then, then the reverse. Um, it's very hard to keep consistency with them. Um, I have to say Exco and board aren't always that interested over time. They also take quite, quite a lot of interpretation. So it's very hard to get a specific measure of regulatory performance effectiveness that is um, uh, that, that doesn't potentially create unintended consequences and perverse incentives and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Uh, and also to understand, so something like um, you know complaints. So it might, it's quite easy to say, oh, the lower the level of complaints, the better. But actually, if people don't bother to complain because they don't trust the system, that's yeah. not great either. No, no. Um, so you know that yeah. everything has a has a flip side to it. It's funny. I was, uh, yeah. I mean, for me, I, I, I think the outcome measures are probably less. I'm less interested in what the numbers, you know, that might be associated with them are. I'm more interested in what behavior, what likely behavior they would drive. You know, knowing knowing that those exist, yes. what what behavior would it potentially? Drive? And also something like London Capital with Finance, yes, it, you know, automatically shifts the rep, you know, the reputation of the organisation. So all the outcome measures might look great, and another LCF comes along, and you know. Do you, do you think Dame Elizabeth Gloucester will be invited to, to do the next one? <laughs> um, okay, moving on. I mean, uh, just picking up really the, the the last of the sort of high level themes. Um, the although it, it does make reference in the business plan to this statutory objectives, you know, that guide the, what the FCA is trying to achieve. It, it also talks heavily about diversity and inclusion, mm -hmm. um, both within its health as an organisation and in terms of driving that uh, agenda programme, you know, improvements within the financial services sector. And it also mentions uh, ESG in, in a couple of yep. respects, you know, helping the drive to sustainable finance, also, you know, dealing with investment firms, financial services firms that maybe greenwash there, you know, provide sort mm -hmm. of misleading information on their own ESG standards. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, not, neither of those surprise heavily trialed in speech. No, I mean, it's some quite broad language used about ESG in particular. And I, I think, you know, I, there will be, I'm sure some some readers <coughs> of the document or, or people who listen to the speech who are saying, you know, why is the FCA you know, it doesn't have enough to do. I think I think there is something quite specific, which I think the PRA tends to be clearer about on, you know, climate risk, transition risk, yeah, pricing in. Absolutely. Ultimately, it can be pricing stuff in. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I and I think yeah. that that's genuinely important. The DNI stuff, I, I, I suppose, you know, I, I've got no problem with the with the motivation. I struggle with how you're going to be able to formulate and then enforce meaningful <clears throat> regulation to help it. Um, uh, the one thing that gives me a bit of pause is, you know, because it's a joint thing with the PRA and the Bank of England, there's there's obviously quite a lot of, you know, but there'll be a lot of people who 
who are trying to work this out. Yeah. Um, but but wait and see. I mean, I, I I'm sure the feedback to the discussion paper will be a fascinating. Oh one. yes, the very recent discussion paper on yeah. on, on, on Dina. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think you know, I don't think rules will come forth overnight or anything. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it's it's being featured so prominently by so many of the right. regulators that it's it, something's right. going to happen. The, the other thing I was going to say actually that, that it's 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 almost not a major theme of the. Um, business plan when you might have expected it to be is is the kind of the post Brexit onshoring of EU regulation, um, Hill review, Khalifa review in terms. It's a bit about regulatory sandboxes and so on, mm. but 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 it's a it's a sort of a, a a sort of a a sort of a backdrop to the whole thing. But but you wouldn't it the FCA doesn't come across as as much of a as being as much of a markets regulator as I would necessarily have expected, given what's happening with all the various reviews yeah. going on, and also frankly Nico Ratti's background with the London Stock Exchange. So it's le- it's 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 much more of a kind of retail type business plan than I was probably expecting. That's that's true. I mean, he does name check. Yeah, you know, Kelly football, etc. It's, it's so. sort of in there, but it's not. It's not prominent. prominent. Um, we're going to end on two. Two two points, uh, which are of interest. Business plan confirms the uh, FCA are going to expand their Edinburgh office. They're going to open in Leeds. Yes, uh, which is a good thing. Which is the Bank of England is also yep. doing. Um, and they're also going to look at uh, getting bases in in Cardiff and Belfast. Belfast. Was, uh, Put on my best, my best Ulster brogue. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think those are both good. I think they'll be quite small to start with, but the leads and they're expanding Edinburgh to I think over two hundred people. So I think yeah. that's overdue, frankly. Um, and I, I, you know, I think it would be good to have one or two other branches. Even I think with consumer credit and the sixty thousand firms, it makes complete sense to have people, yeah. you know, not yeah, just concentrated uh, in London. Yes, and not 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 many of those uh, uh, high cost lenders are sitting in Mayfair or uh, yeah. Central London. Or no. <laughs> well, exactly. And, well, and, their owners might be, but and there is uh, something yeah. about being, a, you know, without getting into the whole leveling up thing, there is something about being a kind of a a UK regulator as opposed to a London regulator. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. But uh, so so that that that's that's going to be happening. Um, and the last one was was actually in the the report on accounts, which is issued at this, the same time. Uh, just included the skill person review numbers, mm-hmm. um, which and we talked about uh, a few months ago about trends in yes. numbers that we were seeing as a, as a firm that does quite a lot of skill person work. Um, and yeah, the overall stats just kind of confirm what we thought. So there's about a 20% increase um, in the, this is in the FCA's numbers year on year, which is in turn was an increase on the year before. Yeah. That increase has happened, despite the fact I can tell you for, for certain. Basically, they stopped issuing yes. skilled person reviews for about three months during the um, the, 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 the early part of the pandemic. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, so that's a trend we've observed. I guess it, yeah, it, we've I talked guess about it, this. It begs you know, the question. Yeah, dare yeah. I say yes. Um, okay. I, I think there are two two underlying reasons. One is um, resources where effectively section one six six are paid for specifically by the firm the resources obviously come from the skilled person and also expertise where actually when you're talking about things like cyber is probably the most obvious example um but there are others um it's very difficult stroke not possible for regulators to create and then keep 
um, those teams of highly yeah. skilled, highly marketable yeah. people because they just get headhunted yeah. by the you know by the private sector. Yes, I mean the logic. The the logic could well be that that the trend will continue. Um, we'll see. I guess I, if I if I was putting a bet on it, I would say yeah. it would, would would continue yeah. to. I think it's got a way to go. Um, okay, we're going to close there. Thank you, Gavin. Um, for those uh, who are still with us, we've uh, got up on our website our response to the FTA's business plan, our summary of it. If you don't fancy reading the 60-odd pages of the document in total, you, you can read our summary. Um, uh, and also, actually, in terms of uh, publications we have up on the website, uh, if you haven't seen our financial services regulatory handbook, um, please check that out. It's where we uh, put our own uh, uh, analysis on on all of the, because uh, all sectors regulatory initiatives that that are, that are coming down the um, coming down the pipe. Um, thank you all for spending time with us today. Um, we will be returning in the in near September. future in September. Does it, you mean does yeah. our dog get to go on a holiday then? Yeah, Woo. you have August off. We'll be going this year then. Gavin. <laughs> thank you, all, thank you all very much. We'll sort we'll sort out our holiday plans and then we'll let you know what we did uh, when we see you again in September. Goodbye. All right. Cheers. Bye-bye.